everybody should definitely come to Baltimore. We had to find a different way to put our passion to work. If you love your job and love what you do, every day goes on as you want it. I think how we look at art can be world changing. All of these businesses are taking precautions to make sure that everyone is safe. We're ready. Masks, distancing, and frequent cleaning are just the beginning. Learn more at Baltimore.org. White cinemas. A beautiful Monday. Calm before the storm. Well, half of White Cinemas. Steven's out with tonsil surgery. Uh, get well soon, buddy, and, and he'll be uh, he'll be back hopefully in a couple weeks. So for today, you got me. Wednesday, you possibly Coos will be with me. And Monday, I'm having a buddy of mine, uh, John, who's a fanatic Jets fan. And if you guys remember correctly, week five, he called up on the show and predicted the Pats and the Falcons would have met in the Super Bowl. So that's going to be pretty cool to have him on uh, to talk about that, too. Uh, number of calls, 1605-562-8001. A little bit under the weather today, but the show must go on. Press 5 if you want to join the conversation on the I-95 Sports Network. Or, of course, you can go check out the links on social media, Twitter and Facebook. Um, got a lot to discuss today, and I want to talk about the tournament. Definitely want to talk about the tournament. Uh, March Madness is going on. And I'm not going to lie to you and tell you I'm some sort of expert on the NCAA tournament. And tell you that, yeah, you know, I know what's going to happen because you don't know what's going to happen. March Madness is, you know, it, it speaks volumes to its name. It's a testament to its name. Bracket Busters, March Madness, you don't know what's going to happen. I'll tell you a few things that will happen. A 16 will not oust a one. Okay. Uh, I haven't exactly looked into depth about the bracket. I have made a bracket uh, on Stevens Nassamowitz's bracket. The SND podcast bra- uh, bracket challenge. Make sure you guys go sign up for that. Um, if you can't find it, you can probably find it on his social media. Uh, if you really can't find it, then just let us know or let Steven know. We'll, we'll send you an invite. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun thing to do. Uh, just to check out what I made mine. Or I don't want to check out the six. Okay, so Mount St. Mary's or New Orleans is not beating Villanova. Okay. North Carolina Central. I don't even know who the other team is, is not beating Kansas. Let's just get that. Texas Southern, this is not Road of Glory or Glory Road, whatever that movie is called, is not beating UNC. So we can get that. South Dakota State, as many people as want to hate on Gonzaga, is not beating Gonzaga. I'm sorry. None of that is happening. You can mark those down in your boxes. I'll, I'll tell you right now, I don't know much. Because no one knows that much, but I'm telling you right now that none of those are happening. Uh, I'll tell you this: Wichita State grossly underranked. They were a 10 seed. I thought they should have been at least a six or a seven. Um, I maybe even a four. I, I would have liked them to see Butler spot. Butler's a good team, but or even Minnesota spot in five. I think Minnesota. Uh, that's another thing. The 12 to five seeds: Middle Tennessee and Minnesota. Uh, Middle Tennessee known for being the 15th seed and knocking out Michigan State last year, busting everyone's brackets. Princeton against Notre Dame is something to look out for. Nevada, Iowa State, and uh, where's that last? UNC Williamson versus Virginia. So you can see those happening. Usually the 12 gets the best of the five seed. We've seen that over the years. Another thing I got for you, 
Villanova is not going to be the disappointment that you know we've seen. Aside from last season, obviously, I actually had Villanova going farther than I, I thought they would. I had them losing to Kansas last year. Obviously, it didn't happen. It was a very close game. Um, people are going to be very tempted to pick Wisconsin or Virginia Tech over Villanova. Don't fall for it. Big Ten uh, is not what it's been over the past few years. Their top team is Purdue. Obviously, the Big Ten champion was Michigan, which I, I thought they got seated a little bit high. I thought they needed that automatic bid just to get in the tournament. I thought they were going to be on the bubble. Uh, good for Michigan. Uh, I've developed a fandom with their football team, so I, I'm happy to see them get in. And, yeah, don't be fooled by that. What I will tell you is Kansas will not be in the Final Four. That might be Louisville. Or Oregon. I think one of those teams, or Iowa State, I mean, there's a lot of good teams in this, underrated teams, Purdue, even though Purdue is playing the America East champion, Vermont, Catamounts, that's going to be a tough matchup for Purdue. I've seen that team play a few times this year. Uh, congrats to them. Uh, UCLA, that's the toughest one. UNC is a team, if I had to pick a fan, of a, if I had to pick a team to be a fan of, it would be UNC, because you, you really... UNC Tar Heels, University of North Carolina, were the first real college team that I took notice of was the UNC Tar Heels. Uh, I can't tell you why. I think maybe just they're just universally known. Um, or besides Syracuse, but I uh, no, I, I think I noticed UNC the first time. But um, they, aside from when they get to the Elite Eight, they're gonna have a tough time because. On the way there, you're going to have either Arkansas or Seton Hall. Which Seton Hall, uh, famous alma mater and Bobby Durante, owner of this network, like the Seton Hall, still follows his, blo uh, his, his blue blood in Seton Hall. And I do hope they win. I think they will win that game against Arkansas. I think the SEC was real flawed. I was surprised they had as many teams as they got in. Vanderbilt getting in as a 15 with 15 losses is just a disgrace. Uh, Minnesota, Mid-Tennessee, you're going to play the winner of that game, of the game of Butler and Winthrop. And then you got Cincinnati, oh my god. Uh, so you got Kentucky and Wichita State, I think, will meet in the second round. That's going to be real entertaining to me after what happened a couple years ago. Wichita State went undefeated in the regular season. Kentucky knocked them out, ended up losing to, uh, Shabazz Napier's UConn team a few years back, 2014. UCLA and Cincinnati, I think, uh, UCLA will get there easily. So they will either face off against Kentucky or Wichita State, in my opinion. Uh, so we're going to just fill, we're gonna fill this out as we go along, guys. Why not, right? Um, so I think Minnesota and Middle Tennessee, I think that's one of those 12-5 matchups that will definitely, that will definitely happen uh, that we've known to see. So we could do that. Winthrop, I don't even know what conference Winthrop plays, and I'm not even going to try to tell you they'll beat Cincinnati. I don't think Cincinnati is that strong of a team. Any team coming out of the American Conference aside of SMU, uh, I don't have a little, I don't have a lot of confidence in. So uh, I'll take Butler, or excuse me, well I don't even know. Let's see who they're WF or, or Kansas State or Wake Forest. Um, ooh, if Kansas State's playing that, that's that's. We're gonna we're gonna hold on to that one. I'll pick Cincinnati for now, but I want to see one second. If Kansas State makes it, I think they got a shot. UCLA and Kent State not even close. Wichita State, you know how I feel about that. Kentucky. Um, so we got that bracket side taken care of. Now we look at the West, and the West it, it's kind of tricky to me. 
because you got Arizona. Things I've seen over the past few years, aside from that Mario Chalmers Kansas team, I've seen underachieving Kansas teams. Um, same thing with Arizona. Arizona year in and year out. They're good. They got a lot of talent. They take testament to their name, the Wildcats, because they play really good up and down the court. I, I don't I don't know about this Arizona team. And they beat UCLA, a team I like a lot. A team I think a team I think has a lot of talent. But if you really look at it, the last two national champions, um, Villanova last year. Even though even if you look at two part oh, UNC won their conference last year. Villanova last year, Duke the year before, UConn the year before. If you don't win your conference tournament, it's not a big deal. What was the difference? Is, to me, there's not a lot of difference between UCLA, UNC, and Kentucky in that region. There's not a big difference between Gonzaga, Arizona. Florida State's probably a little bit separate from the pack. There's not a lot of difference between Villanova and Duke to me. Baylor's different. Baylor, another team, Big 12 team. They usually disappoint. Not a lot of difference between Kansas, Oregon, and Louisville. You could have mixed those team ups as, as much as you wanted to. So we'll take Gonzaga, definitely. I'll take Northwestern over Vanderbilt, which is just a fraud of a team, to be honest. 15 losses. I didn't think Vanderbilt deserved to get in. People want to make a big deal about Syracuse. Syracuse lost a lot of bad games this year. I think they, they uh, deserve to get in ahead of Vanderbilt. That's just a disgrace. They played in a better conference. Vanderbilt playing in the SEC, uh, a conference that has too many teams in it, to be honest. Notre Dame and Princeton. I don't want to play. Uh, I don't want to play a um, the twelve five seeds. It, it's tough. I'll take Notre Dame. I think they're a real talented team. Princeton. Uh, we saw the team that came out of the Ivy League last year in Yale beat Baylor in that twelve five matchup. I, I don't think. I think Notre Dame this year is a lot better than Yale, Baylor, Baylor was last year. And I don't think this Princeton team is as good as Yale was last year. Uh, West Virginia and, and Bucknell, I think, is a game to look after. Um, I, Bucknell didn't really play too many good teams at all. 26 and 8 versus top 25. They were all, only played one team. Um, I'll take West Virginia. I think West Virginia, though, that's as far as they will go. Uh, Maryland and Xavier. This one's kind of tough. I'm trying to get someone from the Big East on here. Uh, maybe Joey. Joey Jerzinka, part of this network. Uh, congratulations to him and Mike Slavitz. They were calling, uh, and Bobby, of course, and for the, the network as a whole. As they got an opportunity to um, to call the Big East tournament, the St. John's game. So uh, good for them. Great for the network. I'm real proud to be part of this network. Um, Xavier and oh God, you look at their resumes. Xavier was one and six for his top 25 teams. Maryland was two and two, right? Xavier was 99 in their conference. Like it's a good in a good Big East conference that had seven teams in it deservingly. Maryland went twelve and six in a Big Ten that clearly underachieved this year. Uh, in the last twelve games, Maryland was six and six. Xavier was five and seven. Xavier, a team that makes some noise in the tournament usually every year. I'm gonna take Xavier in this one. That's a tough game for me though. Uh, Florida State, I'll take over Florida Gulf Coast. BCU, a uh, team that usually makes some noise. I'll take over St. Mary's and Arizona over North Dakota. That one's not even close. Um, we'll take Kansas. We'll go over. We'll switch over to the Midwest. 
go over these games. Kansas, like I said, North Central or UD. I don't even know who that is. They're not beating them. It doesn't matter. Miami and Michigan State, two teams in the past that have been very good, two teams that underachieved this year. Uh, you look at their respective records, 10 and 8 in the conference for both of them. Uh, Miami went 21 11, 19 and 14 for Michigan State. Again, Big Ten Conference, really disappointed this year, but I'll take Michigan State. I, I trust Tom Izzo as a coach. Uh, Iowa State and Nevada, I think Iowa State's a good team. They got a lot of experience, um, and they have the resume, so I'll take them. I do not have the guts. I do not have the stomach to uh, to pick another team from the American East besides, unless it was Stony Brook. I'll take Purdue. Creighton and URI. I really like this URI team. Bobby Hurley, a real good coach, won the Atlantic 10 tournament with ease. Three and one against top 25 teams. Um, if you look at their against those top 20, they beat Cincinnati, lost Duke by 10, lost Dayton twice, beat BCU twice, and lost to Providence. Uh, I will take you. I, I like the URI. I like this 11-6 matchup. Creighton, I don't think it's that much of a strong team. I know they're in the Big East finals, but I'll take URI. Can't pick all the high seeds on all of them. So Oregon, I'll take over Iona. Michigan, who's hot right now, I'll take over Oklahoma State. And then Jacksonville State is known for their football team. I'll take Louisville. So you look at that one. Uh, Villanova, like I said, no one is beating, no 16 is beating one. I took the bait last year when Oregon ended up being the one. And Holy Cross, who went from last place in the in the Patriot Conference and won that conference, got the automatic bid. I took the bait. I just I had to have it happen. It didn't happen. Uh, Wisconsin, eight seed. I think they're a little bit uh, disrespected because they lost in the conference finals, um, or in their conference final rather. So I'll take them over Virginia Tech. University of Virginia, UNC Williamson, uh, UVA, a team I've never, never been high on. Uh, when we did the Sweet 16 bracket last year, I took Syracuse to beat them as they did. Uh, but against this UNC Williamson team, I can't really tell you much about them. All I can tell you is that they play in the same conference as Hofstra and GMU and William and Mary and those types of teams. So I'll take UVA. Uh, I'll take Florida. SMU, I think, has got a chance to make a real big run in this tournament. Baylor and New Mexico. I'll take Baylor on that one. Marquette, I like the Big East team over South Carolina. Like I said, the SEC just had too many teams in it this year. Duke, I'll take in that one. So that's it. So we got the round of 32. Should I go through this whole thing? Nah, I'll, I'll make them wait. We'll do the, we'll do the, um, right before the break, we'll do the round of 32. So, uh, we'll go back to that. Uh, enough of the tournament stuff for now. We'll go back to it. I'll say 12:25. We'll do the round of 32. So throughout this show, I'm not gonna do it all at the same time. Throughout this show, we will uh, we will finish this bracket. So uh, for the SND Podcast Tournament Bracket Challenge, make sure you go sign up for that. Go sign up for the Yahoo uh, Yahoo Ice and which I still have to sign up for. Worst comes to worst, me and Steven will share a team. What what can happen, right? Actually, I think a lot of bad things that can happen with that. So um, the draft is actually in four days. Why Steven made it to 17th when he knew he had to have tonsil surgery, I have no idea. We might change that. Uh, spots are filling up, so make sure you go off and sign up. Um, okay. So let's get into what the Jets are doing, or what the Jets aren't doing, because they've been very idle. 
They haven't done much. They signed Calvin Beeson, three years, $24 million, $7 million a year. Uh, off the top of my head, I don't remember the guaranteed money. I'll tell you this. You know what this tells me? And I got a lot of tweets coming in. Art Stapleton and Joe and Ron on. Um, for anyone who thought Shane Vereen would get cut off the roster to save $4 million, they picked up his $500,000 signing bonus today, so he will be back to the Giants. Um, I don't know what that means if they wanted to, if for anyone who thought they were going to take McCaffrey at 23, maybe it means that they're going to be looking more uh, towards the offensive line unit. So, uh, so we'll look at that. The thing that the Jets are doing is nothing. Tells me one thing. Again, I'm a little under the weather, but <clears throat> we'll get through it. What they're doing tells me that a year from now, 2018, March 14, March 13, 2018, we will be talking about, we will be talking on this show or, or another show, who knows. And Tom, Bill, Tom Bowles and Mike McCannon will still be with this organization. Because what this tells me is that Woody Johnson ha- gives them a vote of confidence to go ahead and rebuild. Because this team needs to rebuild. We, we, we discussed this. We've been discussing it for months. You don't know who the quarterback's going to be. You need four new defensive backs. You need a new left tackle. Kevin Beach, you ain't really doing it for me. I'm sorry. Two other. You need a new center. You need another offensive lineman. You need another wide receiver. You need a lot of things with this team. That, that the six overall pick isn't going to give you all in one shot. And, and if it was up to me, if Watson's there, I'll take Watson because we can look back or look ahead two, three years from now. Watson could be killing it for, I don't know, Arizona or Buffalo in your own division, God forbid, or Cleveland or San Francisco or neither of those, or Cleveland it would be at 12. And we can be saying, wow, the Jets screwed it up again. The Jets had the quarterback in their laps, and they screwed it up. He could be Russell Wilson. He could be Dak Prescott. He could be Cam Newton if he bulks up a little bit. Sean Watson's a winner. And I understand that the touchdown, the <coughs> touchdown, the interception ratio back in Clemson, the guy destroyed, de- absolutely demolished an Alabama defense that had multiple NFL players on it every year. For the past two years, he met them in the national championship game. Guy's a winner. Guy's mobile when he needs to be a good arm, accurate. What else do you want in a quarterback? Why? Because he threw a lot of interception in college? Big deal. So did Andrew Luck. So Russell Wilson. Not Russell Wilson. But... Big deal. Um... So what they're doing tells me that Mike, uh, you know, in 2018, March 13th, uh, Todd Bowles and Mike McCadden will both be here. So, um, I, I hear Jay Cutler now to the Jets. Uh, for all Jets fans that just want to win games, you're delusional and you're out of your mind. You want to tank, win two to three games. Sam Darnold's coming out. Josh Rosen's coming out. Watch a lot of, more Josh, watch more Josh Rosen than I did, uh, Sam Darnold, although Josh Rosen has his injury issues. Um, but Darnold's a winner. Darnold, I, I mean, people like Colin Cowherd like him a lot more than uh, than I know about him. All I hear is that he could be Andrew Luck. And I saw him in the Rose Bowl. I saw him in one game this year in the Rose Bowl. Uh, and he was fantastic. I mean, it was the most entertaining game, aside from the national championship game, of that weekend. 
especially after seeing my Michigan Wolverines uh, get stomped on by the Florida State uh, Seminoles. That didn't really bold well with me. Thank you very much. Bro Peppers. But the point being, uh, you don't, you, you, for what reason do you want to get Jay Cutler so you can win seven, eight games? That's the worst thing. I, I don't understand why people want to be average. Why do people want to just go and walk on the treadmill and not put it on incline? But to put it on incline, you're going to have to go down a little bit. The Jets are going to have to go down a lot because that's the way they're trending right now. You don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Defense is awful. Sheldon Richardson needs to get traded. Jets have a lot of work to do. Uh, to move on to the Giants. Go on the other side of town. Sign DJ Fluker. Pick up Shane Vereen's uh, option. Rhett Ellison is now a Giant. His cap hit is going to be $2.5 million this year. Good job by the Giants getting a real good blocking tight end slash fullback. This is the way you got to build it because the, the money that offensive tackles are getting this offseason is just ridiculous. The Giants can't afford it, nor nor do I want the Giants to pay that kind of money for an offensive tackle. I like the move of DJ Fluker, giving him a quote-unquote prove-it deal, one-year deal. Um. I think it costs about $3 million to bring him in here. He's going to play either right tackle or right guard. Now I'm hearing some rumblings that if Ramzik's there, they'll take Ramzik in the draft. If Forrest Lamp is there, they'll take Forrest Lamp. If Garrett Bowles is there, they'll take... So it looks like they're going to go offensive line in the first round, unless O.J. Howard is there. But the thing about that, I don't think he's going to be there after the after the senior, uh, senior bowl that he had and after the pro day he's going to have and after the combine that he had. He's not going to be there. Unless the Giants try to trade up. He's either going to Tampa Bay at 19, Cleveland at 12, Washington, uh, not Washington. Um, I could see him going to Indianapolis, maybe, I guess. And Tennessee is another big one. Now that Brandon Cooks didn't get traded for that pick, uh, they'll go 18, 19, or 12 earliest to Cleveland. Some people even had mock drafts as the Bills taking him at 10. Nothing you can do. It would cost you a fortune just to trade up in front of 10. And that's where you have to go at this point. So, let's get that out of our heads. OJ Howard can't come here. He's not going to be here. Dave Njoku, a better option. Give me a second-round pick, Jake Butt. The only problem is he's not going to help you this year. He has that ACL injury. He probably missed this year. The kid from Ole Miss or South Alabama, uh, whose names are escaping me. Check that out. Uh, I, I know there's one from Old Miss and one from South Alabama. Uh, Gerald Everett is the one from South Alabama. Evan Ingram is the one from uh, Old Miss. Bucky Hodges is another guy I like. Had a lot of traction going into the draft. I didn't have that great of a combine. The only thing with Gerald Everett, the guy's too small. I mean, the guy's like a wide receiver. That's the only problem I have with him. Uh, six foot two. Around 200 pounds, and then, uh, uh, whoa, we got to calm down now. The guy is a little undersized. That would be my issue with Gerald Everett. And people compare him to uh, to Jordan Reed. Uh, Evan Ingram, another guy. Kind of undersized. It, it, would worry, it would worry me a lot to get an undersized tight end. I get it. He's going to be a cast-patching tight end. You got uh, Ellison. 
to do a lot of the uh, a lot of the dirty work, a lot of the blocking. Probably overpaid for a guy like that, but I, I don't have a problem with it. I, I don't have a problem because if you're not, gonna, I would rather have them slightly overpaid. It's going to be a two and a half million dollar cap hit for Red uh, for Red Ellison. I'd rather have to have them pay that than the egregious prices that Ricky Wagner got, that Russell Okun got. That all these offenses, Matt Khalil, are you kidding me? He missed most of the last year. He's going to get a $55 million contract. Half of that guaranteed? Give me a break. Disgusting. Really is. Uh, the money is being thrown around now ever since the cap, since the cap keeps going up is gross. Uh, for most of the work, the only thing that left I could see the Giants doing is, um, is re-signing Jonathan Hankins, which if nothing's going on now, and I'm hearing nothing on the Hankins front, I got a lot of uh, I follow a lot on Twitter, Ronan, Stapleton, Kimberly Jones, a lot. I've heard nothing. And all I can tell you, maybe they're waiting for JPP to resign so they can get that, get more money out of it. And maybe that's what Hankins is waiting for because I, I'm not, not even with other teams. I'm not hearing anything else on the Hankins front. So, um, Giants are pretty much done. Picked up, again, picked up the Reeves option. He's going to be there, get a little clarity on that situation. I doubt they'll ask DRC for a pay cut after the way he played last season. Uh, when you earn that roster bonus for five interceptions as a nickel safety, or as a nickel corner, you're, you, they're not going to go to you for a pay cut. Eli, more realistic about going for a pay cut. The Giants have done a good job this offseason. Last year, they did a good job in spending the money that they did and spent it the right way. And this year, they did a good job tweaking. Not going off on overspending on uh, on offensive linemen, money they really didn't have in the first place after the JPP signed his franchise tag. So uh, we'll see what happens. All right, back to the bracket. So before, about 10 minutes ago, what I was doing, filling out the bracket for the S&D Podcast Challenge. Make sure you guys definitely go sign up for that uh, S&D Podcast. They help us out a lot. We help them. Good friends. All right, let's go back. We'll start with the East. I had Villanova in this Wisconsin matchup. I think Villanova on a different level than Wisconsin, even though I didn't think this. I think Wisconsin got a bad break, lost their conference uh, final to Michigan. Uh, I think they got a little underseeded there. UVA, I'll take over Florida. You guys know how I feel about the SEC this year. I think too many. I thought I thought Florida, Arkansas, and Kentucky. Were the only ones that got in, and, and I was on the fence about Arkansas. If Arkansas didn't get into the final. I don't think they would have been into the tournament. So that's just how I feel. Uh, Vanderbilt did not deserve to get in. South Carolina did not deserve to get in. Those are just my opinions. Um, SMU Baylor. I was talking about how much I loved SMU this year. I think they're very well coached after what happened with the whole Larry Brown debacle. But I think they won in a twelve or thirteen straight games. Just ridiculous. So I'll take SMU in that matchup. Uh, Marquette and Duke. I can't go against Duke the way they put the way they're playing right now. Uh, to go on to the Midwest, Kansas and Michigan State. I like the Tom Izzo teams. You guys know I, I'll tell you Kansas. When I say Kansas will be a disappointment, I, I mean what I mean by that is that they won't be into the Final Four, win the championship like some people expect them to do. Uh, but I'll take Kansas in this game. Iowa and Purdue. I'll take another Big Twelve team or yeah, Big Twelve team. Uh, the Big Ten just not too strong to me this year. URI and Oregon, I think Oregon's going to be a little too much for URI, although 
nice Cinderella story. If they were to win this game, Michigan and Louisville. Petito's back in the tournament. He's looking for blood. I'll take uh, Louisville. So, halfway done with that. UNC Seton Hall. Oof, sorry, Bobby. Love you. Thanks for putting me on here. <laughs> I'm taking UNC over Seton Hall. Uh, the kid, uh, Delgado's real good. Averaged a double-double this season. I really do feel bad for him. Missing that layup in the Big East uh, semifinals, but UNC is just too complete, and I got to take UNC. Butler and Mid-Tennessee taking another Big East, taking another Big East team. I think it's a real strong conference. UCLA, UCLA over Cincinnati, easy to me. I'm taking the upset, 10-2 upset. Wichita State gets its revenge on Kentucky all the way to the Sweet 16. Give me Wichita State. And to round out the rest of the bracket, Northwestern would have been a good Cinderella story. I think they got a chance to beat Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga, people are underrating Gonzaga a little bit. I think a real good team. Notre Dame, I don't think much of West Virginia, so I'll take Notre Dame with this one. Florida State and Xavier. Eesh. I think Xavier's not as strong as they've been in years past, and Florida State's on the upcoming. Had a good, real good year this year. I'll take Florida State. Arizona over VCU, I think Arizona will just be too much. So, uh, chalk, not completely. I have one double-digit team. I have all the ones in the two. No, I have all the ones moving on. Uh, the only two I don't have moving on is Kentucky. Sorry, Kentucky. Not happening this year. Wichita State's getting in the way. Wichita State's getting in the way. Real good coach in Greg Marshall. I, I mean, this is a guy, a lot of teams are going to be looking at him. NC State, Illinois, a lot of teams like that. Uh, he should stay right where he is because this is a guy that should only leave, only leave for a top five to seven draft, a Kentucky or a Duke, which isn't happening, obviously. A Syria, even a Syracuse, I, I would put on top of there to get them back on the map. But Bayhouse not going anywhere. Sheffy's not going anywhere. Calipari's not going anywhere. Williams ain't going anywhere in UNC. Bill Self ain't going anywhere in Kansas. He's good right where he is. He's going to be in the tournament just about every year, especially because of the conference he plays in. Even if he doesn't win the conference, the at-large bid definitely matters. Um, so we are on to the Sweet 16 now. Um, we'll do the Sweet 16. I'll do it a few minutes after we come back. Okay, so we're doing the bracket throughout the entire day or the hour. Uh, however you want to put it. So we're on to the Sweet 16, Kansas and Iowa State, Oregon, Louisville, SMU, Duke, Villanova, UVA, Gonzaga, Notre Dame, FSU, Arizona, UCLA, Wichita State, UNC, Butler. This is going to be fun. Like I said, almost have no clue what I'm doing, but this is a great thing about March Madness. You don't have to know, and I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm Weiss with an I-95 Sports Network. Steven, I'm going to say it throughout the next two weeks, man. Get better. Get better soon. I'm getting tired of hearing myself. <laughs> uh, we'll be right back with you guys um, on the United Five Sports Network. If you're listening to the podcast, this commercial is brought to you by the SND Podcast channel. Uh, Stephen Dan and Ben do a real great job. If you want to listen to their stuff and our stuff they have on there, of course, uh, Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes, to search them up, and uh, you'll find both of our both of our shows over since when we started. So. 
Uh, we'll be right back with you guys right after this on the i95 Sports Network. Introducing the SND Podcast channel, your new source for all types of podcasts. We are looking for new podcasts to add to our channel. So if you ever wanted to start a podcast, reach out to us via Twitter, DM, or just add us at SND Podcast. Or message us on Facebook or even email us at SNDPodcast at gmail.com. Once you reach out to us, we'll tell you the best way to create a podcast. All types of podcasts are, are welcome. So anything you want to talk about for a podcast, just let us know. No idea is a bad idea. We're already on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play, and all other podcast apps. All you have to do is record the podcast. So hit us up soon so you can start your podcast now. All right, back here on the I-95 Sports Network, Weissman and Oz, half of the Weissman uh, and Oz show. Uh, Steven's out with tonsil surgery. He'll be back hopefully in a couple weeks. By myself today, the rest of the week, we'll, we'll soon find out. So um, we're going over, we're doing the tournament bracket uh, up to the Sweet 16. I think I'll do the Sweet 16. Um, yeah, we'll do the Sweet 16 now. Final, the Elite Eight, we'll do it about 45, and then the Elite, and then the Final Four, we'll do in the last few minutes of the show. So... We'll start started with the East last time. Let's go from the other side. We'll go from the South. Um, UNC and Butler. Butler fourth seed in a con, in a in a section of the con, of the uh, tournament where really they got lucky for a couple seeds. They got Winter, but I think they got either Middle Tennessee or Minnesota. I think those are both winnable games for them. Um, and I'll take you, but I'll take you. And UNC is a real complete team. I'm still heartbroken for them losing last year, but I'll take uh, I'll take UNC. So. Um, UCLA and Wichita State. Uh, I picked Wichita State to beat Kentucky. I really like this team. The only problem, you're going to have to beat Kentucky, then you're going to have to face UCLA right after that. And unless UCLA loses, obviously, which I don't think they're losing to Kent State and they're not losing to Cincinnati. So it's going to be, it's a tough, it's a tall task to ask for when you go all about against Kentucky and then you've got UCLA right after that. And even if you beat UCLA, you're going to have to go up against UNC. I'll take UCLA. I think it's going to be a real sexy matchup. UCLA, UNC. I can't wait for it. FSU, Arizona. I think FSU, Arizona's got the experience. They're, again, good side of the bracket. Go up against a North Dakota team, then they're up against a VCU team. I have them going up against. And then an FSU team that's just a little bit inexperienced right now. So I'll take Arizona. Gonzaga, Notre Dame. Everyone probably has Gonzaga losing in the round before. I don't. I just. Mm, I know, and it's tough. I, I'll take. I'm taking Notre. I don't think Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame was stronger last year. The only problem is they ran into a better UNC team. I I gotta go with. I, I'm going Notre Dame. I can't take Gonzaga to to go that far. I don't want to have it all chalk. I don't like to do that. So, Oregon, Louisville, Oregon. I had them getting this far, but they got they they had the injury to their power forward. I gotta take Louisville again. Patino's back in the tournament, hungry. Um, Kansas, I'll take over Iowa State. Villanova, I'll take over uh, over UVA. SMU, Duke. I think SMU is gonna put up a fight. I just don't. I just think Duke is too hot right now. They, I know they won the. Uh, I, I don't take much stock into who wins the conference tournaments, but uh, Duke is just playing way too well, and I, I don't think they're gonna get stopped by an SMU team that I think. Uh, it's overlooked a little bit. Maybe they they got some uh, eyeballs when they won the tournament. They're 
their uh, tournament, their conference tournament this year. Uh, and really the fashion that you expect them to, they blew out almost everyone they played. So, uh, about 10 minutes, we'll do the final four or do this Elite Eight and put those teams in the final four. Right now, my Elite Eight, I got Notre Dame, Arizona, UNC, UCLA, which is going to be the sexiest matchup of the weekend that weekend, and uh, Kansas, Louisville, and Villanova, Duke. So I got the one and the twos, the one and the twos, the one and the three, and the five and the twos. I'm telling you right now, it's not going to be right. So something's going to happen. Wichita State could be there. Xavier could be there. Northwestern could go on a Cinderella run. Uh, Iowa State, who knows? They could be Kansas. They could absolutely be Kansas. I might change that. Mm, should I? No, I'll leave it. Forget it. UVA could be Villanova. Wisconsin could be Villanova. SMU could be Duke. I don't know. Oh, God. Uh, New Mexico State could end up there. I have no idea. America East fans for Vermont end up there. I don't know. I'm not going to try to get into it. But uh, one thing I definitely want to uh, transition to, it's March. What are we looking at? March 13th. Baseball season's almost coming to us. One thing I'm worried about, and this is a legit concern for me, um, the dip in velocity from the Grom. And I, I, and I know, we, we, we handled this last year, but he, he adjusted – the only problem is I don't think he could be the same dominant pitcher that he can that he was in 2015 without that velocity being at 97-98. He's a great pitcher. He he's an ace. I think Syndergaard is the best pitcher on that team. But Degrom we saw last year can adjust and still be really really good. The only problem is he can't be 2015 good without the velocity. He can't be rookie of the year good without the velocity. Now it's one game, and we saw him throw 98-97 in his first spring training start. So maybe he's dialing it down a little bit in the second one, not trying to show everything. He is coming off surgery. I'll hold it a little bit. I just I think it's a concern, and I think it's a concern with all these young guys. Matt, Harvey, Syndergaard, Wheeler especially. Um, but this is the strength of this team. The, the, the good thing, the silver lining, Gazelman, Lugo, got backups. They didn't have that two years ago. Fortunately for them, last year, everyone st- or fortunately for them, two years ago, everyone stayed healthy. Last year, they discovered these guys, Gazelman and Lugo, pitched real well when they were up here. So, I give them a vote of confidence. If someone or one or two people do get hurt, they got a couple guys. It's good. I mean, the most durable pitcher last year was a 43-year-old guy who was over 200 pounds, so 250 pounds. So that was in Bartolo Colon. So I'll – the good thing with this team is they have a good lineup, one through eight. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, You have lean without right – and we've gotten to the argument so many times about right being numbers being retired. We'll hold off. We'll have that. We'll hold that off until he retires. I think. I think we'll have to hold off that argument. So, um, up and down the lineup, man. I, they're doing. They they have a lot. As long as they stay healthy. As long as Cespedes is quad is okay. As long as Walker holds up after back surgery. As long as Reyes doesn't pull a hamstring. Not gonna work. Cause that he's the glue. People want to talk about Cespedes. People want to talk about Cabrera and Walker and, and Bruce and Granderson. 
Reyes is the glue because without him, they don't have a leadoff hitter. So he is the glue. People don't. And Steven, I'll give. Oh God, I don't like to give my partner credit when it. When, but credit, I'll give credit when credit is due. Um, he wanted him here. He thought he'd do well, and he did. And God, I can't believe I'm saying it. He is so important to this team. He really is, because what we saw two years ago from Granderson in the leadoff spot, we didn't see from him this year or last year rather, which was drawing walks, keeping the strikeouts low, getting on base instead of hitting the home runs, even though he still hit his share, fair share of 25 that year. But he, we didn't see that from him last year. I'm not saying it was a fluke. It's just hard for a guy to do one thing his entire career and just completely change it. So I, Reyes it's so I can't I can't express enough how important Reyes is for this team. Just to get some speed on the base pads. And for a majority of the year, David Wright was was the lead was the team leader in stolen bases. David Wright was only played about forty games. That's the issue with this team. They got no speed. They're, they're not the Kansas City Royals. They're not the Cleveland Indians. They're not gonna run on you at all uh, you know at all costs. They're not that type of team. They're a team that's gonna hit a lot of home runs. Jay Bruce, they got a lot of lefties in the lineup. Jay Bruce, uh, Conforto, whatever you're going to do with him. Granderson, Duda, which mm, you guys know how I feel about Duda. So we'll keep that in check right now. I don't see it. I, I, don't, I don't see it with Duda. I don't see why they should keep him up right now. I, I, if I were if I were the Mets, I would do Jay Bruce every opportunity to play first base. Every opportunity. Especially the way Conforto's swinging the bat. I know it's only spring training, but um, we'll, we'll see. Speaking of swinging the bat in spring training, a guy I give credit to for now, it's March 13th, but I'm going to give him credit for now because he shut me up in the beginning. We'll see when the regular season starts. We'll see when spring comes along. We'll see what April and City Field looks like. But Travis Darnot has swung the bat very well in spring training. And it's not that I hate the guy. He didn't kick my dog. He didn't tweet at me on Twitter nasty things. Neither did I. I mean, so, so he has no reason to do that. It's that I gave up on him last year. Because if you're not swinging the bat well, that's your MO. I mean, you're the catcher that's going to hit well. You're the catcher that's going to hit around 20 home runs. That was supposed to be your MO, and then you were supposed to work on the logistics behind the plate. So then you weren't good at the position you were playing, and you weren't hitting. I was done. I would play Rivera every single day because they're both going to be hitting eighth. They're both not going to be hitting well. I'll take the better catcher. I'll take the guy who plays this position better. Darno has shut me up so far. He's looked pretty good behind the plate, better than we've seen in the past couple of years. Doing a better job calling better games. Now, obviously, he only has the starters in a couple innings at a time, but and he swung the bat well, which is really important because that's supposed to be the guy's mantra was supposed to be a real good hitting catcher. Uh, I, I, we'll see what happens with Darno. For now, for now, he has shut me up. So, I give credit to Darno. I give credit to my co-host who's recovering from tonsil surgery. I wonder if he's listening. If he's not listening, he's sleeping, which is a good thing, because I know the guy, you know, I, I gotta get my tonsils, I, I got my, I got my girlfriend touching my, touching my neck yesterday. And she looks at me and she's like, is, is your tonsils swollen? I'm like, what? My tonsils swollen? Are, are your tonsils swollen? Well, I know I need to get my tonsils taken out, but she looks at me. How long have you known this? Yeah, about a year. 
<laughs> um, and look at it, Steven frightens me about getting those taken out even more. So uh, that will get done hopefully this summer. Maybe I'll lose. Maybe it'll make me look a little bit skinnier. Who knows? But uh, 45 is upon us. Oh, wait a couple more minutes because I'm talking mess right now and I enjoy it. Uh, Familia, I'm real curious to see what goes on with his um with his situation with his legal situation to see if he's going to get suspended but to see how long he gets suspended for that's really what's going to be curious to me Reyes I just hope he stays healthy gosh I, I saw the picture I didn't realize he was playing in the WCC I haven't followed WBC a lot the only thing I followed is the way Israel was playing because they're kind of like the Cinderella story and they got Ty Kelly and Davis um, I watched a little bit of Italy and uh, Venezuela, but not a lot. And one thing I can say, I mean, if you're Kansas, if you're a Kansas City Royal fan, you're really giving a big breath of fresh air because you, when oof, and I saw the play when Salvador Perez got slid into it for at uh, at home plate. I oh, that's what that's the problem with this. That's the problem with the Olympics in the NHL. NBA not so much. Because it's in the summer. Stopping the season in the NHL. Just like stopping the season in the NHL is ridiculous to play the uh, to play the Olympics. before this A month before the season of playing WCBC, is, it's ridiculous. And it's gotta, I understand you want to play for your country, but there's a reason Trout's not playing in it. There's a reason Harper's not playing. There's a reason Bryant's not playing. There's a reason these guys aren't playing for the USA team because they don't want to get hurt. And I understand you you play more you play more in the W in the WBC than you do in spring training. So I don't want to hear that argument. It's it it scares me. And the Mets got a lot of players there. Or I think they had the most, but I, I think most of them are minor leagues. But like if Familia goes out, I know he's supposed to be suspended anyway. If he goes out and gets hurt, I, I, the season's done. It's done. I like Addison Reed. I think he's gonna do well for a month that Familia is out. I'm Addison Reed is my closing the entire season. It's done. It's over. It's going to be a struggle. So that's definitely a worry that I have. All right, back to the bracket. S&D podcast bracket challenge on ESPN. If you guys want to go, definitely go on their Twitter page. I'm sure they're advertising it everywhere. As well as we do. And if you really can't find it, just DM one of us or tweet about one of us, and uh, we will take care of it. All right, started at the East before, and then we went to the South. Let's go to the West. Notre Dame and Arizona. Whew, let's look a little. RPI rank for Arizona second. Notre Dame, 12-6 with their conference. 16-2 for Arizona. 16-2, though, not a great conference aside from – it's very top-heavy, I'll say that. I don't want to be disrespectful. But they beat UCLA two out of three times this year, beat Oregon, lost to Gonzaga, lost to Butler, beat Michigan State, beat USC twice, beat California twice. Those are the notable results that they have. Um, split two with Louisville. This is Notre Dame. Split two with Louisville, lost to North Carolina, lost to Duke twice, won two out of three against Florida State, lost to Purdue, split two with Virginia, lost to Villanova. The only thing I'll say, this game is in San Jose, California. It's kind of a kind of a home court advantage for Arizona, so I'll take Arizona with that one. Arizona is the first team in my Final Four. Uh, UCLA and UNC. Oh, God. This is tough. I, I think UF, 
UCLA is going to score a lot of points on them. Uh, we'll take a look at the notable victories. UNC lost two out of three to Duke. Louisville, uh, they beat Louisville by 11. Kentucky lost by three. Beat Florida State by 13. Beat Notre Dame by seven. Split two of Virginia. Split two of Miami. Then we go to UCLA. Split two with Oregon. Beat Kentucky by five in Kentucky. I remember that watching that game. They won about, they scored about over 90 points. This team is going to score a lot of points. Arizona lost two out of three to them. Beat Michigan by 18. Uh, beat USC by uh, two out of three. Beat California by 10. Wow, this one's tough because I love Lonzo Ball. I love Bryce Alford. But this UNC, this, this is the problem. This is why I did not want to create any, get any fandom for a team in this tournament, in, in college basketball, because it contradicts what I do in the tournament. But UNC is a real complete team. The game is in Tennessee. More obviously, more of a home court advantage for UNC. You're gonna travel better. I'm gonna skip that one. I'm gonna skip that one. I'm sorry. I'm gonna skip it. I'm gonna go back to it. Kansas and Louisville. This game's in Kansas City. Wow, big, big uh, advantage there. I'll take Kansas. I know they lost in the first round of TCU, but Villanova and Duke. This one's at Madison Square Garden. Villanova obviously plays their Big East champ tournament there every single year. Uh, they're only 3-2 against the top 25 teams. Duke was 8-4. Again, Duke go over their notable victories. I mean, they beat North Carolina two out of three times, split to Louisville, lost to Kansas, beat Florida, beat Florida State, uh, beat Notre Dame twice, beat Virginia. I think the buck stops here. I think Villanova just has a lot of confidence going into this game. And they're playing the Madison Square Garden. Home court advantage matters. The fans matter. When you play an essential home game, it matters. You know? Monmouth had to go to Iona. I was two completely different caliber types of teams, but Monmouth had to go to Iona. It mattered. It mattered. So now I got two number one seats in there. Ah, God. Now I'm too pressured to... I gotta take UCLA then. I can't put all, I can't put that many number one teams in there. I'll take UCLA. So my final four: Villanova, Arizona, Kansas, and UCLA. Yeah. Wow. I don't feel confident. I don't know what it is. I don't. I don't feel. I don't feel good about this. I don't feel good about it. All right. We're gonna go back to. Wow. I really don't feel good about this. What do I do? Do I change? What do I change? I can't. I feel like. Mm. Can UNC get back? Yeah, UNC can get back, but... All right, I'm going to switch UNC back to UCLA. Um... Oh, God. I'm going to take Duke. I'm going to switch Duke back to... So I got two ones going up against against each other and two twos. Wow, I just... Wow, this is really... Really bad. I, for anyone knows, last year I came in. Uh, I came in second place in my bracket last year. I would have won a good amount of uh, apples. We were playing for apples, and I would have won a real good amount of apples. And then Chris Jenkins happened. I had Kansas and UNC in my in my championship game. I know. I think I had. Did I have Kansas? I think I had UNC in Oklahoma. I think I had UNC in Oklahoma. Had them in my championship game. It didn't work out too well, obviously, as we know. I had UNC winning the whole thing, but I would have won a lot of apples. Didn't lose any apples. Got my apples back, but I would have won a lot more apples than I had. 
we'll do the final four in a few minutes. I want to go over um, I want to go over Hank and the, the situation that's going on there with the Rangers. Speaking of Madison Square Garden, um, people are worried about it. And as soon as I saw it, I'm like, come on, you got to be kidding me. But this could be good. Not good for his chase for, uh, you know, Brandon Waugh for second place all time on the goalies wins list because I don't think anyone's catching Martin Brodeur, but that's just me. This is this is good. And if you look at the standings, I'm going to bring it up right now. They're in fourth place in their conference, of course. Um, you know, I'll get it up right now, but in the meantime... They're they're fourth place in their conference in their not in their conference yeah in their conference technically obviously we don't look at that type of stuff anymore ever since they changed the format <clears throat> here we go so they're at ninety points five five points behind Washington can I get the games a hand on here Washington's lost four in a row Pittsburgh's one point behind them Columbus is two points behind three points behind them if it's me I like where the Rangers are I, I want them to stay there Montreal. Um, oh, they do have the games played here. Okay, Montreal's two points ahead. Uh, by the looks of it, the Rangers have two games, or excuse me, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Columbus Blue Jackets have two games at hand with, uh, on the Rangers, so, uh, more of a chance that they stay in that spot. I, I've been saying it for weeks, and I'll say it until the end of the season. I like where the Rangers are, getting that first wildcard position. They're a better road, people don't realize it, they're a better road team than they are home team. Much better road team. Twenty-five and nine on the road. Twenty-five and nine on the road. Just, just process that for a second. They haven't lost double-digit road games this year yet. Nineteen, fourteen, and two uh, at home. Not terrible, but clearly, um, I'd feel a lot more confident if you got to play. If, <coughs> excuse me, if they got to play more road games than home games. So just stay where you are right now. Uh, I like where they're sitting. So I'll uh, I'll say that with Hank, I mean, get him some rest. He's gonna be out two to three weeks. It will worry me a little bit because of the you know it's a hip, it's a goalie, but uh, he's gonna have rest. We saw it last year or two years ago when Ken Talbot went in there, played fantastic for the month that he played twenty seven or twenty three twenty four games that he played. Uh, the Rangers ended up getting a second round pick for him. Maybe they can do the same with Ronta. Ronta plays well. He was off to a good start last night. I, it was actually funny because I was talking to this with a buddy of mine who's a huge Islander fan yesterday. And we're talking about how, you know, Hank is hurt. Ron said if he plays well, the Rangers can get something for him. He's got another year on his contract. so um, And he's played well already this year. We're going to get his stats up. But we were talking about how, and I didn't realize this, the Islanders ended up trading Reinhardt, I believe it was, to uh, to Edmonton for that 16th overall pick. I actually didn't realize that. So we're actually, neither of us knew we were curious about who that pick went to. Uh, it was actually Barzal, who, kid's got a lot of talent, but obviously uh, having trouble, having trouble stay up. But uh, Steven knows a lot more of that than I do. But uh, Ronta this year is 14-6 and six with a goal against average of 2.25, save percentage of 92, uh, 92%. So he's played really, really well this year. I mean, he's, start, he's already played in more games or played one last game than uh, last year. He's going to play. Obviously, he's going to break that mark, which is good. This is why they brought back Ronta. Hank obviously needs some rest. He's had a re- he has come back really well since he started really bad in the beginning of the season. 
Um, so I think this is good for the Rangers. I think it's good for Lundqvist. Get him some rest. It doesn't hurt them that much. As long as he's now, if he misses the max of three weeks, which is what they're saying is going to be the max, um, I think it, he's going to have about five games to get prepared. Hopefully he comes back just a little bit earlier. He's 30 and 17. 2.65 goals against and uh, 91% of uh, save percentage, obviously. Uh, not what you'd like to see, but oh, that's about what he gets every year. So um, so we'll see what happens with this team. I, I, I really I like where they're sitting. I like that Pittsburgh and Columbus has two games at hand. I like that Montreal keeps winning. I think it's a better – I understand – I think it's a better matchup for them if they play Montreal rather than Ottawa, but I, I think they could beat either team, and I think it's just an easier road to the finals if they want to get there. And, and say what you want, they play a lot better. Than they, what I saw yesterday especially, they play a lot better defensively when Ronta's in. And we saw it a couple of years ago, they play, played a lot better defensively when Talbot was in there. It's just because, you know, they have to be. It's just because, you know, they, they know that, Hank is more capable of making those types of saves than Ronta is. Even though Ronta's been very, very good this year. Uh, I saw the guy play live once. They've been in two games this year. They won both. Like I said, Rangers need to give me season tickets because obviously that's the only way we're going to win the cup. Uh, I saw him play in Boston when I went with my girlfriend at the time. Uh, we went to the TD Garden. Real nice place. Real great to go see them. Uh, Ronta, I was kind of bummed when I saw him playing because I, I wanted to see Hank. You know, you travel all that way just to go see the game. Obviously, it was a great game. Ronta stood in his head that night. He's very capable of bringing this team, keeping this team where they are. The only problem is I don't want them. I don't, I don't want him to do what Talbot did two years ago and bring him all the way to the top of the standings. I don't want that. I've said I've said this before. I've said this to my partner. I've said this on Facebook Live for crying out loud. And I'll say it again. I would rather play the Washington Capitals in a seven-game series before I would play the New York Islanders. They don't match up well with the Islanders. They haven't in the last couple of years. We've seen it time and time again. We've seen me wear an Islanders jersey because they don't match up well against the Islanders. I'll say it one more time, and I'm very prideful of this. I'm not, I'm not ashamed. I would rather play the Washington Capitals than the New York Islanders. So stay right where you guys are, uh, the Rangers. And we'll see if the Islanders get in. Islanders, obviously, uh, before we go back and finish up the bracket. <clears throat> um, Islanders one point behind Toronto, same amount of games. Uh, Tampa Bay, two points behind the Islanders, same amount. Everyone's played six to seven games as a contention. What I think, contention of it, uh, Philadelphia, six points behind, Florida, seven points behind. You can take out both of those teams. I think it's between Tampa, Toronto, the Islanders, and uh, whoever's in that third spot for uh, it's Boston. So uh, to finish up the bracket, got a minute left, and we gotta speed this process up. All right, what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Final four, Kansas UNC. Give me my Tar Heels. There we go. Back to the finals. Duke and Arizona. I can't, <laughs> I can't resist the best rivalry in sports. And I hope this is a, as a college as a as an up and coming college basketball fan. Uh, college football, my roots have been growing even more. College basketball, my roots grew last year. They're growing even more this year. Um, Duke and UNC in the finals in Glendale, Arizona. I, I, wow, I have Arizona in the final four. So, uh, oof, wait a minute. Arizona against Duke in Glendale. 
Nah, I'll, I'll take UNC. I'm going to change this. I don't know why I did this live because I know I'm going to change it probably about five minutes after I finish this show. So, uh, you guys know who I'm going with. UNC, baby. UNC. I, I don't give credit to this. Again, the buddy that I work with. Big UNC fan. Got me really into it. And again, UNC was just, just the first team I, I noticed in college sports. So, I got to go with UNC. Submit. Boom. UNC over Duke. My final four. Duke. Arizona, UNC, Kansas. This bracket will not last long on the SND broadcast on the SND uh, podcast bracket challenge. So, uh, if you guys didn't sign up for that yet, go ahead and sign up. Gotta hurry up. Obviously, only got a couple days. And uh, if you didn't sign up for the White Sox baseball league, which looks like me and Stephen might have to share a team if I don't sign up, he's gonna kill me. The guy's in his deathbed. Not literally, obviously. Uh, and he and I go to visit him after a surgery, and he looks at me. He's like, please, please sign up for the league. I'm like, oh, okay, Steven. Um, so I got to definitely do that. Again, get well, get well, Steven. Uh, possibly Joe on the show on Wednesday. I'll have to get back to him, uh, see if he'll be still be available that day, uh, hopefully. Uh, everyone be safe with the storm. It's supposed to be really bad. Get your shovels, get your gloves, get your hats. So uh, thanks again for listening. Again, sign up for the S&D Podcast uh, Bracket Challenge in the Weissman and Oz Baseball League on Yahoo. So, uh, Weissman and Oz on the I-95 Sports Network, and I'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday. Everyone be safe and stay warm. Are you still mixing station gas and oil for your string trimmer, leaf blower, or chainsaw? Eliminate the mess and the guesswork with True Fuel, the original pre-mixed two-cycle fuel. True Fuel is ethanol-free and precision-engineered for small engines, improving performance, and extending the life of your outdoor power equipment. And True Fuel is available for both two- and four-cycle engines. Empower your equipment with True Fuel. Available at your local home and garden center today.